They're taking cherubin pots strewn strategically along the daily. Charter boys are tying paternosters in preparation for the fray. Tinnies are being towed to target on the Arnhem Highway. Over in Gove, they're rigging up teasers for the big boys. There's an air of anxious optimism at harbourside boat ramps as launch time looms. And in the front bar of the top. Tales from the Tinny regrets to advise that the Tinny will no longer be broadcast from the pub, nor the cafe, restaurant, museum, social or sports gathering, art and craft fair, or any place where their general lack of personal hygiene may be deemed a public health risk to others. By decree of the Australian Broadcasting Corporation, they are now officially quarantined and banished to work from home. Mate, if we're going to be doing this from my place for six months, we've got to agree to ground rules. Tales from the tinny. Just because you've got pallets of it at your place doesn't mean you can use that much of my toilet paper every come time on, you go. On. You said make myself at home. That's what I'm doing. On the job. <clears throat> from home. Now, where's the beer fridge? Ha-ha! Jackpot! It's right next to the dunny. You are a prepper. On ABC Radio Darwin and podcast. Yeah, g'day, fishos. We too have had to leave behind the beloved office. How we miss the blinding fluoro lights, the incessant whir of IT server cooling fans, and the maddening glare of those hundred PC screens. How we miss the hour-long meetings debating matters of such grave consequences. Who should clean the bloody dishwasher and why no one's topped up the automatic potpourri scent dispenser in the ladies' dunnies? We've had to leave it all behind for this. An icy cold beer by the pool at home for the tinny. This just sucks, Andy. It does. How hard is this? I mean, it's been a long road to get here, but now we're here, Tim, and... I don't know. I'm I think not, we've turned a corner. I'm, I think we've turned a corner. I think we're on the bridge. We're looking at the other side. Although there is a genuine downside to working from home and just trying to get stuff done. Is this Good two cooler? Is this yeah. two cooler? <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. How's that? Hippopotamus. Oh. Sorry, I'm Andy. Should I switch over to the hands-free and see how that goes? No, I'm no point. Lucy, stop it. <laughs> What's she, what did she say? I'm Andy. Can we play hide and seek? I guess not. Now, that's better than if you rang me on your phone. Dad, I made a bird out of zucchini. You did, fantastic. Definitely. Yeah, okay. Does this sound good? Yeah, it does. Sounds great. Hey, Precisely. Dad. Yes? At the end of this... Chat, can you say tales from the tinny and I say get on a Done. Okay, uh, this has been great to talk to you. I'm Tim Moore from Tales from the Tinny. And I'm Lucy Moore. Get a mullet up ya. Okay, okay. Now now give the microphone back to the, the adults. There are adults trying to talk here. Trying to work, child. Mate, I love you like a brother and this is a comfy couch, but... Tick, can you just move over a bit, Tim? Yeah, the couch is... One of those ones that's quite spongy in the middle, um, Andy. Yeah, if it was a pool table, it'd have a bit of a lean on it. Yeah, I seem to be to sliding the, to into the, to, you. To, to, to the centre. <laughs> have you heard from Beard at all? Well, yeah, we have. Is and he it, still isolated? Yeah, he's still isolated in Sydney, and it's it's just it's not getting any better. Incoming, incoming, incoming. <laughs> 
that is the last chisel sharpened. Sharpened. All right, next job. See if I can get this old music box to work. Let's give it a go. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> Woo! Look at it go! Oh, this is great. It's much better than chisels. Meanwhile, back in the Territory Beard, uh, it's official. We do now have the runoff to ourselves. And that's that's something we've been gunning for for decades, <laughs> yeah. pretty much my whole life. That's the yeah. dream. Now, by the way, they are... Apparently we're living the dream. In Catherine, know. they are literally gunning for it as well, as you'll hear in just a moment from Warren DeWitt, who's pretty much sold out of ammo and, uh, and, and rifles. Uh, the pub curfew, I don't know how many actually got the message. Did you take note of this around town during the week? Don't know how many got the message that the bottle shops are going to remain open. I saw a cruiser at one of the bottle shops as the Prime Minister was still talking in the press conference about closing pubs, yeah, yeah. a whole pallet of Victor Bravo on the back of the 200 Series U is so overloaded with the pallet that the front wheels were barely on the ground as he drove out. We, 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 Australians are renowned for being prepared and, and prioritising. And the church is renowned for rallying in times of crisis. There's been offers of trucks and trailers, B-doubles, tippers, bobcats, to help mates and family run the logistics and the transport of that beer. Uh, around the territory when and to where it's required. And that's what churches do. They rally. Uh, more rallying of the troops. Judd on Facebook, he let the church know that uh, a particular pharmacy has a stash of bog roll in the back warehouse. Oh, good on you, Judd. Just for members of the congregation. So just contact the tinny for details. The church rallies. Yeah, well, I've just got to pay for it, but you're going to get a special how do you, stash. How of... do you prove membership of the church? Show them your sticker. Yeah. And that proves membership of the church and therefore access to the stash of bog rolls that Judd's put us yeah, on. Yeah, that proves membership. The other thing, you could probably just go in and say the code word, you know, the church code word. Get a mullet up here. Or praise be the mullet. Or praise be the mullet. I heard Darwin Tackle Stores are now offering home delivery too. Was that true? Yeah, that is true. Across yep. what, Darwin Palmer? Darwin and Palmerston, that's right. Which is a great look, and that's what's happened to him. Every business that we know out there that can is, is adapting. Innovative. They're innovative. Innovative, yeah. It's, it's, it's Australia, mate, spirit, but it's also territory spirit. That is so good. Who, who would have thought? 2020, and I can dial a lure. Tim, on the on the serious side, though, what we know, um, you know, as well as everyone else, lots of the church are going to be doing it pretty tough over the next few months. And yeah. This is stored, sort of a week where it all sort of fell into place, didn't it? Some of this, the grim outlook. You know, we had um, Kakadu closed to visitors and non-essential travel. We had effectively tourism shut down across the territory. So that's going to really impact, already has impacted on a lot of our church brethren, you know, the ones out there, particularly the fishing charter guides oh, mate. and, and tourism-related It's going to be tough. I mean, this is, we know how serious this is, and we're not going to use those words that have been used every day, in, you know, by politicians and in the media, but it is, uh, it is sort of uncharted. Anyway, we'll be checking in with a few of them to see how they're going. Um, foremost in our mind. And, and how we can help, if at all. How we can help. And, mm. and along the way, I think that's an important point too, Tim. I mean, we've got to keep this tinny going because people still need to laugh. Still well, need... that's assuming they're going to laugh. That's a, I mean, big, that... that's a big assumption, wasn't it? Yeah, it's a massive assumption. People still need to be able to Connected. switch off for a frothy and a bloody waffle. Yeah, that's what it is. Even more serious, though, is the president from New Zealand. You may have heard they're on alert level four, part of which is a complete ban on fishing and hunting. And some concern amongst um, fishers that we might be going the same way here. Thankfully, not just yet. 
Yeah, not just yet, but there was the official word from AFANT this week uh, that basically said fishing is a non-essential activity yep. and that the 1.5 metre rule applies to boat and land-based fishing. So it does not apply to members of your family or your household, which in my household, given that really one out of the two household members like fishing, uh, I am my daughter, that was a pretty much 100% ownership of Dad and the boat for as long as this virus goes. So she was actually pretty happy when I read that rule to her. And also there's the mental aspect too. I couldn't fathom actually. If someone said to me, in this current environment, you can now not go fishing, yeah. um, that for me is almost worst case scenario, yeah, we short, have, of, short of death. We have heard already from a lot of fishers who are just heading out for that trip to reset a bit, mm. get away from it, and that is important. I mean, I mean, amidst all this really serious news, I noticed that, that you've actually executed some panic haircutting. Is that, is that a panic haircut? No, it wasn't a panic haircut. It was a preparatory haircut, um, anticipating that perhaps hairdressers might be closed down. Since when, in a pandemic crisis, is the length of your hair really that important? Oh, look, for me, it just takes me back to, to hygiene and, uh, you know... <laughs> yeah. And just maintaining not good, important good, to me. good personal... <laughs> well, it's not important to you. It's funny because I was having this chat with my, uh, my wonderful barber, Deb. How is a barber an essential service? I did... Scissors will cut hair! Anyway, you were having well, a chat with I was Barb. A chat was with it Barb? Deb. Sorry, Deb. Deb. You're you do a great community service, Deb. <laughs> Debbie is not doing beards at the moment because she said to me the other day that beards... <laughs> I'm not she's in, did she? Yeah, she did some research on the internet. I don't know. Go and do your own research. Type hygiene and beard and you will find... <laughs> I'm not talking about the beard. I'm talking about any beard. You will find that they carry uh, more germs and things, nasties, uh, than... Potentially a toilet. She's not doing beards because she's fearful that COVID-19 is harboured in there. Well, she, she couldn't take the right preparatory measures to protect her, her, her normal clients, the ones that don't have beards. You're offending me. <laughs> this is Tars from the Tinny, much like you at the moment, no doubt, attempting to work from home this week, despite the interruptions. Tails. This microphone's cool. Very chicken, very chicken, very chicken, why? Very chicken, very chicken. From the tinny. Where do I plug mining? Oh man, this is going to be way harder than I thought at home. Mum, can you restrain the child, please? Daddy's trying to provide for the family here. Right, 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 Tim. We don't need a domestic here. We don't need a domestic on air from your home. I know we're just drinking beer and talking, Mum. We we do that for a living. You knew that when you signed up for this. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Okay. It's going to be all right. Just turn the telly on for the child, please. It's going to be all right. Warren DeWitt, the Ayatollah of the DKVR. Warren, the challenges of working from home are getting beyond us. I apologise. Afternoon, fellas. Yes, it is getting a little bit testy. Um, It's testing everybody's... uh, mental strength at the moment yeah how are you coping in the shop mate is traffic winding down no it's not actually it's quite busy um there's a lot of people buying and providing and holding and putting things away ready for whatever's coming um so we're selling a lot of ammunition we're selling a lot of uh fishing tackle um so it's been busy it's actually yeah it's quite <laughs> interesting to see people's behavior at the moment in in relative terms what sort of ammo are you selling compared to normal Anything that'll shoot, shoot zombies. It's, so, it's apocalyptic. Apocalyptic ammo. Apo- yeah, anything that's going to put a hole through a zombie, they want. So <laughs> it, it doesn't really matter. Um, they just as long as 
As long as when they go to bed at night time, they can look down the foot of the bed and see ammunition stacked up there with the gun. <laughs> they're going to feel safe. They're ready. They're ready to go. Oh, you've gone from a retail outlet to a community service, Warren, overnight. Exactly. <laughs> Is it a higher percentage of ammo you're selling than you normally would in March? Way over. Way, way over. What, a 20% increase? Yeah, easy. Oh, man. We're out of it. We're, we're almost sold. Yes, we're, we're so close to saying I've sold out, it's not funny. Not on every calibre, but on the main zombie apocalypse killers, most of them are gone. Is it 12 a- gauge solids. 12 gauge. big holes through them, they 12 gauge solid. Look, rather than putting a hole straight through a zombie, this is probably designed so that one can feed oneself when the apocalyptic conditions arrive, i.e. take out a pig. Exactly. Basically comfort to know that they've got something to go out and hunt and gather with. Well, from hunting to fishing, uh, Afand obviously, Warren, some solid advice and good guidance coming out this week for fishos in terms of what we can and can't do or should and shouldn't do. Good news from my family's perspective because my daughter's now got... 100% daddy time on the boat. I've told her that the mates are finished. You're in the family category, so... Uh, You're only fishing with Abby. Giddy up. I'm only fishing with Abby. Fairly important that people understand and adhere to that policy or to that directive from the government in regards to the social distancing, because otherwise, if we don't, we will have it closed down, similar to what they've done in New Zealand, where they've now banned fishing and hunting. We certainly don't yeah. want to end up there at this point, do we? I saw that too. They completely no. It was completely prohibited any hunting and fishing in New Zealand, yeah? Yes, exactly. So we don't want to go down that path um, unless it's you know a problem where the coronavirus has got out of control to the point where we have to shut down. But if people behave themselves and understand that they've got to keep that social distancing of 1.5 metres and also only go fishing with immediate family and obviously limit the amount of people that you can put in your boat so that you've still got that 1.5 distance, then everything will be fine. But if we don't adhere to what the government's asking people in the Territory and Australia-wide to do, then they will have no choice but to say, I'm sorry, you didn't follow what we wanted you to do. Now we're going to mandatory close recreational fishing from this day forth. Yeah, we're going to go the way of the New Zealanders. Yeah, we don't want to do that. We don't need to do that. Um, and so, so we just need to be conscious that what you do and how you behave is going to reflect on the decision making into the future and one, well, I've had a few conversations with people who young followers are saying but I'm not going to get sick if I get sick from this it's not going to hurt me and I said okay that's fine but if you go home with it and you give it to your uncle your brother your mother your grandmother and they catch it what are you going to feel like mm. And, I was, and, and both of them basically put their heads down and said, OK, I understand. So it's not about you. It's about your family. And that's where it's so important for people to understand that you might think you're bulletproof and you're out there with your mates and you can drink all day and carry on. You raft up or do anything stupid like that. You will jeopardise everybody else's opportunity to still go recreational fishing in the yeah. Northern Territory. Warren, I've got about 130 rounds of 44 <laughs> ammo. Is, is that sufficient, it's, do you think? Yeah, yeah, you might be able to knock a few down with that. Yeah, yeah, exactly, mate. You'll be right. I am very well stacked up on drop bears. I, I, <laughs> I'm just not feeling that well, it's nearly as tough as what you're talking about. Well, on, on, on that, where are the fish, Warren? Has there been anything noteworthy from your uh, parish in the last week? There's been a few fish getting caught. It, again, it's it's people just going out there and persevering. Um, a lot of people catching good brim here in the Catherine River at the moment. There seems to be a good run of brim being caught. Further afield, the rope is still struggling. They're still finding it a little bit difficult to, to find fish 
um, down there. But the Vic has been fishing not too bad on live bait. There's still been some good catches, and I think it'll only get better as it starts to clear up now as well. So I reckon the Vic over the next uh, set of neeps, which will be in about a week's time, I reckon should be really good um, out there to go and have a crack at. The daily is starting to get better as well. There are still good reports coming in of people being able to catch the odd fish down there. It's still not going burko, but it's certainly getting better. People have still got to be a bit careful of the water level down there as well because I've heard a few people have come adrift um, hitting sandbars and logs that they didn't know were there from previous years. So just be careful and be mindful when you're travelling down those river systems at this time of year. Just have a look at that South Alligator uh, boat ramp. Holy dooly. I've never seen the sandbar so high and, well, so long as what it is there at the moment. So, mm. And that's not going to shift this year, I don't reckon now. I reckon we're going to see it stay there until maybe the incoming tides during the dry season might cut it away and push it back to the other side. Mate. See you, mate. I do hope you get better and um, hope things uh, c- continue to be sustainable in, in the shop as we navigate through these amazing times, eh? Uh, and I can't stress to everybody, think about your actions out on the water. Just make sure you understand the ramifications. If you don't do what the government's asking to do, then we will be pushed over to make it to make us do it. So just think about what you're doing and make sure that you, you're following the rules as best you can. Yeah, our fans provided that leadership. It's, it's on us now to follow that through with our actions. Thanks very much, Warren. We'll talk to you next week. All right, boys. Why don't we just do the tinny from here, Tim? They're chickens for eggs. And I suppose eating, if it comes to that, they're not fish. Well, where are the fish? Where's the barra? Where are the jacks? We'll do it from there. I don't have any. Why not? Because I've got a pet dog. You're not considering eating the dog, are you, Tim? What are you talking about? You really are a prepper, aren't are you? Are you mad? Do you <laughs> Things really... are tough, Tim, but they're not... Tales from the Tinny. Prepping. Sorry, working. From home. On ABC Radio Darwin and podcast. All right, let's start with a positive in Hoy from Will Cooper. Thank you for being so positive, Will. Uh, been out at the Mary River on the weekend dealing with bust-ups all around the boat. Bedlam for a while. Bust-ups. Managed to land a decent-sized barrow amongst the buffs, and it was smiles all round. Well, let's kill that positive with a bit of bad news. Uh, the barrow quick. <laughs> yeah, it didn't take long. The Barra Classic has officially been cancelled for 2020. The club did try unsuccessfully to make the comp work, but look, it's it's just not going to happen in the current environment. Mm. Uh, the inaugural top in Billfish series was due to kick off this weekend in the Blue Water off Dundee. That comp two has been cancelled in light of the social distancing rules, yep. which, of course, as we said before, includes recreational fishing vessels. Uh, Girls Gone Fishing officially cancelled. Sammy Wig, the organiser, said they really tried hard. Scaled down version. You know, how could we operate within the guidelines? It's just not possible. So it'll resume in 2021. I got a text in 
No, it wasn't. It was a Facebook message from one of the Tebs mob, too, saying round two's been delayed, postponed, or cancelled. I haven't been able to confirm that, though. So, But if you're in the comp, you'll no doubt be getting the information on that that you need through the official channels. Yeah, and the fallout continues. And, the, you know, the pain is real. This was sent to us on the Facebook tinny page from Joss Burgess, who was planning a trip to the top end for the runoff. B-52, bombers, shimmer shads, stratas. Bob Marley was going to kill it this year. More stratas, bazza baits, bazza baits. Glow in the dark, night time. More shimmer shads, new leader, new braid, Corrado, Cronarch, Classics, Fizzers, Fish Traps, Rubbers Galore. F*** you, Corona. Oh, well, that does hurt. You can, you can feel, you can hear the despair, the disgust that the trip is off as he ditches his lures forlornly in a heap. Mm. We have diverted, by the way, you'll be pleased to know, Fisho's um, all non-essential staff from Tinny HQ um, up to level seven to assist Beryl yep. uh, in these times. So there'll be a, um, a vastly increased uh, resourcing capability in our um, mental health division. And good, good decision on the lockdown too. They're all locked down on that level and we've got a kitchen on the whole level above, so they're fully catered for. John and Jens, g'day Tinny boys. Last week I decided to do a panic crabbing trip. See, <laughs> trying to provide for the family That's on it. Darwin Harbour with a mate. A bit early for such an activity, however, th- these are extraordinary times. Uh, we've got three good-sized muddies, all measuring around two sheets of dunny paper. <laughs> That's the new measure. He's in a photo too. Two sheets is 110 by 110 mil. They panicked bored early on the toilet paper, now have more than enough to spare. Uh, from the rooster, who was at Shady on Saturday night, while them and two mates were sitting there, one became desperate for a poo. Mm. Uh, and as he was doing it over the side of the boat, another boat comes along in the dark and asks for some fuel to get home because they went out wide and didn't bring enough. <laughs> so they're all pissing themselves as one mate is, is dropping a log whilst being harassed for fuel by another boat. When a bloke on that, on that other boat stands up on the edge, Andy, and just says, Oh, I'm going in. Just as he makes the water, his mate grabs him by the arm and reefs him back into the boat. It was, the, it was the third time he'd fallen in for that day. Oh. Maybe he had balance issues. 30 minutes after they left anyway, and Rooster nails a 108. Oh, nice. Mm. There are 100 boats there on Friday, Arbo. 60 boats on Saturday and 30 on Sunday. And over the last eight days, um, Rooster and mates have got, uh, at all different spots, by the way, and no, I'm not telling where, he said, a 108, a 98, a 96, a 94, a 92, an 89, an 81, all in the past eight days. And Andy Ralph sent us in a big uh, summary of what's happening out there at Kakadu, the Magilla Creek crossing Owen Pelly. It was two metres a couple of weeks ago. Now it's down to 0.9 of a metre, which all sounds great. I, I think the trouble is... Sounds though, excellent, but... The circumstances have changed rapidly over the past even 72 hours. So we're By, really, by we're, closing Kakadu to visitation... That means no fishing, doesn't well, it? Well, it kind of does. It, it wasn't made explicitly clear. Mm. Um, and, you know, people from Jabiru can obviously still move around, but... Uh, I think you've got to kind of presume Kakadu closed means those those rivers are, are not to be accessed. 
that's what I'd read into mm. it. So good luck for those that are already there. That is fully Johnny on the spot if you're already there and the, the Magilla's dropping. You can give us a hoy via phishing at abc.net.au. Hit us up via um, Facebook uh, Messenger. Or just rock up out the front of my place with a megaphone screaming out, Get him out of there! We don't want to push it, Tim. We don't want to push it, even though we're pushing it from your couch. <laughs> on Tales from the Tinny. Shoot it, share it, shout it. Give us a boy. Aha, the shed. Tales from the Tinny. This is where we'll work from home, Tim. Why? Well, you can smell it. The smell of the engine oil and the dead rotting rat carcasses. They kind of just speak to me and the church. Really? Working. Kinda. From home. Hey, hang on. Is, is that my landing net and bogger grips over there? I thought I'd lost them. Oh, yeah, you know, you're right. It really does that's stink in I, here. I've been looking no, for them. On ABC Radio, oh, Darwin so and it, Podcast. It stinks in there. Hey, Tinny fellas, it's Haggis here from Bellamac. Decided to get out as soon as we could with all the shutdown happening, get out of town and, and get in some fishing. Went out of saltwater arm, trying to trying to make, make use of those runoff tides. Got on the boat ramp by 5am and we were lucky enough to, to get stuck at the ramp trying to fix our spotties that blew a fuse. The plan was to, um, to fish this one spot that, uh, that looked pretty good on the turn and in the end we went down to the terminal low and, and gave it a flick. seen a barra go for our lure, for my lure. First one we've seen all day, missed it. So straight in, cast in there again and um, and hooked up. Didn't know what really it was. Obviously assumed it was, it was a barra, but it took us a while to actually see the thing. Come through, happy days, 87 centimeter. Um, pretty stoked. Topped up the week, topped up the year, probably topped up everything, that one fish. Um, PB for me, pretty happy. One on the esky. Kept on flicking this spot up and down and bang, get another hit. This thing is jumping out of the water, it's a pretty good barrow, jumping all over the place, pulled it in and uh, measures up as 81. Happy days, another one on the boat. At this stage, Matt's hair starting to fall out and he's getting a bit angry, well not angry, he's getting a bit, a bit frustrated uh, that he hasn't got a bite all day. Trying to match my lure and match, match what we've got and couldn't really get anything, so I just kept going along this 50 metre stretch, flicked in again, and Matt Matt gets a quick bite and uh, missed it. So um, we went over that a few times, let Matt cast a few times first and still couldn't get it, so I just cast straight in there and, and just takes it takes it straight away. And, and again, this thing was pretty hard going and didn't see it at all until until the very end, but we, we thought it was a stingray and uh, yeah, pulled it up and another, uh, another barra, 86 centimetre, so happy days on that one. By this stage, Matt was um, trying every lure he possibly could and, and um, still not getting a bite. Tried to steal my lure and yeah, a few words said and uh, got me lure back. We just kept fishing up and down this spot and and uh, and then, uh, then I hooked another one um, and she was jumping all over the place. Matt, by this stage, had had enough and didn't want to help me at all and, and told me to get it in myself. Uh, it pretty much failed doing that and almost cut my hand open. So he quickly jumped in and, and gave us a hand on the uh, on this one and it came in at 73, so pretty happy with that. Four solid fish in the space of an hour and a half. And uh, yeah, happy days. Uh, Matt Matt decided to be the person to drive his boat this time, so we decided to be the person supplying the boat. Um, so he does all the preparation, all the lunch and everything, and, and uh, he's forgotten the net and 
no food and just a couple of bowls of water. So we were pretty, pretty buggered. And uh, when these fish came in, we were a little bit clueless. We got the old lip grip. So yeah, that was pretty hard, uh, but we worked it out. We probably worked out better than a net and got it going. Come on the way back and these guys stopped us coming through and said, mate, be careful. There's a, there's a car probably underwater by the time you get there at the boat ramp. No idea what this guy's on about, but um, thought, shit, maybe someone has um, backed our ute into the water and, and done a runner or something. Anyway, we, all, we came back to the ramp and sure enough, there's a, there's a bonnet sticking out of the water and, and um, looks like someone's, someone's stuffed up their reverse and well, their launch and, and yeah, she's, she's sunk. Pretty good day, pretty stoked. Topped the whole year off. Could imagine a better trip to follow all just before the lockdown who knows what's going to happen um, all the best to all the fishers out there trying to get it in before the before the lockdown all good get a mullet up yeah a couple of points we need to note here andy uh, haggis and matt notorious for their comedy of errors on top end waters cast your mind back to cyclone marcus they forgot the bungs on yeah, their maiden voyage i remember on, that. on the daily it was they, excellent they've got a bit of a rap sheet they do battery trouble saw them stuck and in need of a tow i think from memory yep there was some electric motor incident at yeah one point. with and a sandbar incident at buff creek but yep. it seems things are looking up with haggis landing plenty of fish and matt catching zero uh, you've got to give these fellas 10 points for for, for perseverance well, Tim, when your grandma built the Daily River pub and you've lived interstate, it's no surprise, particularly in these difficult times, that you'd want to return to the safety of the homelands. Mm, to the Be- warm bosom. Yes, yes, to bury yourself in that very bosom. Mm. Nuzzle right on in there in the deep, warm embrace of the bosom of home. Well, Derek is one of these very blokes. And I caught up with Derek as he slowly just popped his head up from the bosom for a very brief moment. Had a bit of a chat to him about the Daily Heard about this thing called coronavirus and said, yeah, need to take some time off, get away from the big smoke, come up to Northern Territory where I was born, go down to Daly River where my grandmother built the pub down there. A lot of the creeks, um, Simon's Regret, Derek's Bog, Robbie's Hole, uh, Dump <laughs> Creek, yeah, they're all, they're, they got flow and they're all working well. Doing a lot of hard body or plastics, cherubin now occasionally, but really I'm bagging out actually pretty much every day. Where were you fishing? And, um, and the daily is not a correct answer. Yeah, okay. Well, we call everything from Banyan upstream. All the creeks by our names go upstream from there. Um, but then we go up as far as what is called the old cattle crossing. I don't know how far it is actually from the crossing. Something like 30, 35 k's. For those of you who don't know, many, many, many years ago, they used to, there's a place upstream where there's a big rock bar that comes out and it narrows and just on the northern side of that there's a actually a bunch of cattle yards so they used to run cattle across there so there's actually a couple of creeks that pump out above there and yeah we got a couple of good good sized fish out of that one and what are those small creeks looking like in terms of what what are they pumping what color water and is there bait there as well definitely bait always a good sign is you're getting even fresh water coming out and then you'll actually see crocodiles come up and place themselves inside the creek mouth. And if you can see that, you know you're on. Because that means the bait fish are coming out and the bar are just picking up what scraps they can get off, off the crocs. And then you've got all the eagles sitting around in the trees just going, can I have some too? The largest fish we got was 80. An interesting thing is that most of the fish that we caught right upstream were all on or around the 60 mark. Now in previous years 
I would have said that we would get a lot of undersized fish, uh, 45s. I think, and this is a theory, and somebody else can go to the record books, but because there was bugger all water last year, I didn't come fishing last year, and then not a lot of other people have gone fishing upstream either. So there's a theory, it's had a bit of a rest. So most on average was about 60. My preference has always been to go upstream because of, I guess, my knowledge and my familiarity. And, I, and basically, I think it's, it's a much more interesting journey. Every day is, you know, water buffalo in the water, crocodiles fighting eagles, eagles coming down and having bird baths in the middle of the creeks and weird stuff happening in general. Yeah, it's a much more, I'd say, scenic environment. There's certain creeks or certain billabongs or certain areas, it's got to be a minimum of 10 metres, and then normally it takes two flushes or two, two rises to, to, for the fish to actually get in there and hold in there. But after last year, they're not coming, the barrow have been also just sitting in, in the rivers, not. It's just the bait fish that have, that have pushed up and they're going to come back out. There's a number of small significant challenges with not just hooking a fish, but getting it into the boat. One is the amount of timber that's in the water crocodiles and then the other the uh, other big predator which is the big bull sharks that are actually up there occasionally you might even get an eagle come down and swoop but generally on one of the creeks up there which we call simon's regret you're literally sitting on a tree at the front of a creek mouth the tree fell in about five years ago so you've literally got a full-blown tree underneath right at the creek mouth so if you can get them to hook up that's the first challenge and then you just got to get it past all the timber and then it's all hands on deck because we're literally passing rods around the boat, starting up engines, untethering, maneuvering around, literally punching the, the rod into the water to try and reef it around the, the logs that it's caught under, only to see the barra jump at the back of the boat because it's still hooked up and you could probably just stand there with a net and reef it in. <laughs> uh, sounds like a lot of fun now. You've also had a bit of a sniff around the south. What's that looking like? We went up there a week ago, so Saturday, uh, Saturday, Sunday week. That week it was too much water. You could drive up all the way past New into Nurulangi and actually up onto the floodplain. Probably about a metre of water, metre and a half of water, and it was clear all the way through, so it was actually too much water. Going back there yesterday, it, the water's dropped quite significantly. It's a great isolation spot. You've got to realise that you're also not just putting up with heat, but you're also putting up with the sandbar that's now at the front of the boat ramp. There's still so much water coming down off the floodplains. You know, you, you pick your time and you think the water's going to change. Two hours later, it still hasn't come in because it's creating a tidal bore. So your fishing period is limited if you want to get in and get out within a day. But there is good fish to be had. But really, it's the, the domain of the crocodile. You know, they have no fear they're getting quite inquisitive very 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 big crocodiles up there i do have it on good authority that people who did go downstream were picking up bigger fish when does your isolation finish finishes on sunday it's been wonderful and, and the people have been wonderful too right so and you tell them you're in self-isolation and, and they embrace that they're encouraging you to um, continue to self-isolate for as long as you possibly can so he family and mates got their own names for all the creeks in, including Nurulangi. Nurulangi. Hmm. I don't know whether that's a bit like Parap. By the way, he came here well before the rules around isolation and flying into the territory. Yeah. So he's been here, been back home for a number of weeks. He was hit up the so bum by a rainbow. He was ahead of the curve, Tim. We've, hmm. We spoke about this 
when this virus well came out. Probably, well ahead of the curve. Probably listening to the tinny weeks ago. Probably where he got it. Yeah. Probably where he got it. Probably where he got it. But as Tim said, and we'll say it once again. Don't say the safety thing. Whether we're having a hard time. I'm constantly getting interrupted by my child at home. What I was going to do is just say that self-isolating on a tinny deep inside a top-end <laughs> river is a pretty good place to do. It hey? is. As long as you're by yourself or oh, yeah. with your family only, not in large gatherings and no, and or not, groups. Not, and not closer than 1.5 Not minutes. having a haircut for more than 32 okay. minutes. And we'll stay with the daily, Tim. Plenty of fish shows keen to hear about conditions on that particular river because we, we know we've had that recent rainfall. National Fishing Comp last week saw a couple of teams hit the daily. With mixed success, Lisa the Braves spoke with Ray Goodman from Team Happy Days who threw their hat into the daily river ring. Left on Saturday afternoon and just cruised down there uh, popped off, had a look at Browns Creek, had a look at Charlie's, and we stayed at Charlie's the night. Camped out, had a little bit of a disco, waited for the fish to come on, nothing happened. Not one boof all night. And there was good colour coming out, and we were in the prime spot, and we thought, oh, this is going to be great, a big night session. Eventually, up at first light, looked at a few other bits and bobs along the way, diesel, a few of the well-known creeks. Got to Lizzie, looked like it was really nice colour coming out, fished there for an hour. Didn't see a thing, thought we'd take a bit of a wander downstream. Got to catfish, there was great colour coming out. There was bait everywhere and there was another boat anchored up in the front of the river. They were just sitting there, four of them in the boat, just sitting there. What's happening, guys? And they said, oh, we're exhausted. We had a massive night. Did they have any lines in the water? No. And they were sitting there like dumb mullet. I said to them, like, this looks pretty choice. And he goes, yeah, not as good as it was six hours ago. Like, we got... 60 barra in two hours and the biggest was 94 and blah 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 and we're thinking oh this is it in the bag so we started casting probably every lure in our box every box that we had came out we could not get a touch there was rainbows there was tiny mullet there was barra lollies there were proper daily river mullet big buggers we didn't get a touch they didn't fish. They said, oh, we're just waiting for the change of the tide. They waited for the change of tide. Tide change. We fished an hour after that. Still didn't get a touch. We were absolutely gutted. So we potted off down the river. We thought, let's go and have a look at some other places. I'd been down there about six weeks ago, and the sandbar had moved at Alligator Head. The sandbar that was on the right had moved all of it. I mean, all of it had moved across to the left, and the channel was through on the right-hand side. And there was absolutely no way. There was a two-metre-high sand island on the left-hand side. So I was stunned at that. And then we went down there on the Pertec day, and it was all back to normal. Hmm. That rain that we had washed through and pushed all of the sandbar back over to the right-hand side, and the channel's back over on the left again, where it always is. So we chuffed off through there, and we had a look at a few little spots that we know around there. And then we went to the opening up moon, had a look around there. The creek opposite, there's a little gutter there. Everyone knows there's a little gutter there. We fished there for probably 20 minutes until Darren said, oh, look, there's a fish rolling and his lure's in the right place and bang. And he was onto it, a vibe, and it looked like a 90-plus. And one jump and it spat the lure, just let it go. That was pretty gutting. And we had three fish by this stage, but only to kind of 65. So we went back over to Moon. Um, we pulled another 60-odd out of there and we thought, oh, well, you know, it's mid-afternoon, it's really hot. We've drunk our beer we might start pushing back up the river. So we ended up back at Catfish, no bait whatsoever. Had that tinny of those three hungover boys left by that time? They were still sitting there. <laughs> still sitting there. 
So, <laughs> Still no lures in the water? Nothing. So they weren't, they weren't even moving. Every now and then somebody would get up and maybe have a few casts and then they'd sit back down again. Must have been a huge night. Yeah, they absolutely stunned my life. Ten minutes later, they up and left and we pushed around a little bit, got square into the creek. Now, we're casting away, casting away, casting away. Tide's dropping out quite quickly and there's little ledges along there and as the ledges became apparent, we were kind of casting to the ledges and drop-offs and things like that. Next thing, Darren's whooped it up. He's hooked a fish and it's come out of the water. It's another 90-plus. What? Easily. A, a good 90-plus. Good strong jump out of the water? Massive. Massive. Gills going everywhere. Fish has gone berserk. Was the lure still in there? Lure's hooked up. This is a hooked up fish. Back couldn't see the lure at all, so we're thinking, here we go. I'm on the net. Fish has gone straight under the boat, gone around the outboard. Darren's practically leaning in the water trying to haul it out. <laughs> anyway, got it out, it came out, had another jump, went straight under the um, the electric motor and pinged off. <gasps> Luckily, we had one CC and dry left in the esky. I gave that to him, sat him down and said, oh, I think we need a little bit of shade. So we just moved into the creek mouth, into the shade, and I said, I'm just going to cast along the bank here. This is still a catfish. First cast along the bank, bang, it's on. And I, I wouldn't say it was the same fish, but i tell you what, it looked exactly the same. It was a 90-plus. We manoeuvred the boat out into the mainstream. It went under the boat. It did all the same sorts of things, tried to get me on the motor, on the electric. Darren did a really good job manoeuvring the boat out. Net job, bang. There it was, 95 in the boat. Cheers all round. Did everyone have a sip of that CC and dry? We made sure we shared it. There was only two of us in the boat. At least we got half a can each, so that was good. Would have tasted sweet too. It was very sweet, yes. We fished there for another half an hour, hoping that his big sister might be there, but we rolled it up and got back and back on the trailer and rolling our way home, so... A big day. I think I missed out on first place to a slightly bigger barra. Yeah, second place. You've got to be happy with that, and it sounds like you worked really hard for that second place. Yeah, we did, and it's good. It was mighty. <laughs> His bedwar. <laughs> Get out! Tales from the Tinny. Working from home on ABC Radio Darwin and podcast. Kai Hansen's up on the Adelaide River. Some would say, Kai, that you've been doomsday prepping for 30 years, you know, since the time when you left Virginia and first moved to Goat Island. Normally many people coming and visit me. I had the last two boats in yesterday and after 12 o'clock, well, like everybody else, I'm closed. That's how it goes, mate. No one's contacted me or told me anything in any way, but... Yeah, listen, that's the rules. We better obey them to at least to some major extent. Heaps of boats go past, but they're all the, you know, the ones I call the, generally speaking, the, the blue water boats, but uh, they never stop in, so I never get any info from them. One of my super regulars was up here, went up for an hour or so just from the turn of the low. He got uh, four keepers, I think he said, plus a few rats, and Monday morning he got about 20 all up, but mostly rats, but quite a few uh, quite a few keepers as well. Nothing huge, but the biggest one was about 80, so, yeah, a little bit happening. On the serious note, though, mate, how's it going to affect business up there? It's going to be quite a struggle, I'd, I I would think. Well, I don't know if I'm going to pull through on it now. It's, it's, uh, uh, I'm going to give it a crack, but hopefully in about three weeks' time, when, when the wet season is totally finished, we're just having a few knock-em-downs today, basically, Stop all new cases that is done through transmission, person to person. 
they will be able to lift some of this silliness. But uh, yeah, I'll stick to the rules at a moment. But I still got to go shopping tomorrow anyway. How reliant are you on the income you'd normally make at this time of the season, Kai? Oh, totally. And March was not bad, but February was the worst month I've had in years. Not just for February, but for, for, for any month. It was just dead ass. Yeah. It, hard, it hardly paid for the fuel for the generator. <laughs> and that is just a small part of the cost of running a business. You know, <laughs> it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a tough kick, but well, crying doesn't help, does it? So I'm hoping for the best, and I hope that it'll clear up reasonably reasonably soon and then the, when the dry season sets in that they lift some of the travel restrictions from elsewhere and all the usual um, visitors can come up and see their family up here and uh, give me that dry season boost because that is really when I'd, I, I get my main boost. We're all thinking of you, Kai, mate. I hope you do pull through it. And the one positive, at least, is surely Goat Island's one of the safest places you can possibly be in the Northern Territory I reckon Australia so. now. <laughs> <laughs> Good on you, Kai. Good luck, man. I reckon man. so. Many people are waking up sick, but that's mainly in the head. <laughs> See ya. I bet there's a bunker up there on Goat Island. There'll be a, a patch of spear grass that just looks a little bit more plasticky <laughs> than the spear grass around it. Yep. And you grab it and pull it up and it opens to a huge underground fortress full of ammo and giant pumpkins. And I reckon wall-to-wall beer fridges. Operation Mid-Strength. Yeah. Where would you rather be than up there with Kai right about now? You shut the whole thing down. Shut down the port, which just involves closing the pontoon or pulling it up on the bank. And you're effectively isolated from the world. Hello. Tales. I can't hear you in these headphones, Dad. From the tinny. Turn them on. Get a mullet up here. Hi, I'm here. Didn't we ask for that child to be tethered? For crying out loud, Andy, I'm so sorry, man. I just didn't know it'd be this hard working from home. Is there federal government compensation or something for this? It's no wonder they're reluctant to close the schools. Yeah, Exactly. I mean, this is, you look at the productivity decrease. We're trying to feed your dog and control your daughter. And They close the schools. These interruptions for shows are going to become incessant and untenable. Having said that, you are drinking all my beer and using ample of my bog roll, so you're just going to have to put up with the distractions of working from home. Okay, Andy? All right. I'm, so, I'm sorry. All right. From across the vast expanses of the wild and untamed top end, intrepid tinny correspondents risk rampage and ridicule from crewmates to bring you the truth. Incoming, incoming, incoming. Yeah, good day, Dog Shark here. Uh, headed down to Shady again on Thursday for a look. Managed to pick up another bar right on the dollar. Uh, 97, 75 and probably a dozen threadies over a metre. So, yeah, it was a good day. Took a bloke down and he cracked his first metre he was meant to get married this weekend, but that's been canned because of the coronavirus, so he's, yeah, cracked a dollar, so pretty lucky there. Now it's time for Billfish. Um, found a black mudguard on the road on the way home with a number plate on it. Pretty good nick, so you reckon it's yours. Get hold of the tails of the tinny, we might be able to return it to you. Just let us know what the rego number is and uh, sort it out from there. All right, cheers. Catches. Got it. The pool. This is it. Tim, the Tinny's natural home. This is where we work from. 
Can we get in? Yeah, man, go for it. That 240-volt cord you're dragging behind you is only single phase. Sure, my laptop will love it. Tales from the tinny. Silly salmon! <laughs> Finally making their own OH&S decisions from home. You can even have a leak. You can have a leak in the workplace right there, right now, if you want to okay, care. Have a leak at work, in the workplace. On ABC Radio Darwin and podcast. Ah, that's liberating. Oh, for Christ's sakes, no, not there, you filthy pig. Over there. Was a Smith, long-time Northern Territory institutional stalwart, I think you could say. Was of the guided... <laughs> the guided fishing industry mate you, you this would be as tough a time for you as as anyone that's the toughest time i've ever seen in the whole 27 years i've lived in the territory and being a fish guide so yeah i've never seen anything like this ever before mm, how's it playing out with melville island lodge and some of those other tourist ventures that you guide for well mate at the moment as, as you all probably understand like um they're all shut down so and no guess well guests can't fly up here and then do two weeks isolation fish for a week and then fly in for another two weeks so that's that's just killed that off straight away and plus i think the main all the flights is going to stop flying too so yes i lost lost my job for the first time ever in 26 years mate well you've never been sacked before never been never been <laughs> sacked before and this year i was going to start the new start the new joint i got a laser um telling me that i wasn't even though i didn't even start i never even got the chance to start so yeah <laughs> i got sacked before i started frame that letter mate I will. <laughs> all the, the tourism side, especially the fishing side, like it's going to hurt every all the fishing guys in the territory. It's going to hurt them big time. Um, I mean, look, we're all in the same boat, so we'll just, we'll just have to do the best we can to get through it all. But yeah, no, it's it's going to be very very tough times for the guiding industry, fishing guiding industry. You've got to assume though, with lots of people being told to work from home or being laid off or or going on forced leave, that. Uh, combined with the fact that this is the first ever time was that we've had a runoff to ourselves, yeah. that that there'll be a lot of fish shows still f- probably fishing harder than ever, and um, solo or with family only. Well, that's, that's, that's a good thing, Tim. Get your family out, go fishing. Like, that's, there's not that many polls at the moment, but that's one of the better ones for sure. And um, there's, there's a few fish around, like you said, mate. We've got the runoff to ourselves. How good's that? What have you been hearing around the traps? Um, well, one of my mates, a couple of my mates went down the daily uh, last week and they, they spent four days down there. They went to a little bit of blue water fish. They cleaned up on trout, snapper and um, deweys out around one of the headlands out, out near the mouth of daily. And then they came back in the river and they got a dozen barrows pretty quick as well. And one of the other guys, they had a bit of bad luck. <laughs> their boat broke down when they got down there, so they had to make their way back. But as a consolation prize they had a flick at one of the drains around near i think waterfall creek and they got a 98 centimeter barrel so that was too bad lovely and the other thing i've heard about i think most people know that shady camp is producing lots of nice barrels and quite a few in the 90s and over the meters meter mark i've seen a few pictures of and so yeah it's have it all yourself like you said with family or by yourself one or the other it has to be a good day out there you'd um You'd be targeting shady on the the bigger tides and the outgoing, or how's it? What sort of tide set is it fishing around at the moment, or, or are we trolling uh, in the conga line on neeps? As you know, it depends what tide you go down on. And this is just my the way I used to fish it. But on the bigger tides, I'd go and do the little coastal creeks near the top of the tide. I'd sort of go down there and pick one of the coastal creeks, clear or whatever, and do um, 
as soon as there's enough water to get over to it, you go in there and you start casting. Fingers crossed, and those big girls turn up. That's on the bigger tides. And then um, the deeper tides, is, you know, they tend to be a bit better around that um, colon, around the fronts of Tommy Cuddle Shady Camps. So, yeah. Mm, it's sounding good everywhere, isn't it? Daily um, Shady, yep. you're getting patchy reports from the Finnis. Um, top of the south seems like it's turning the corner and uh, and the east as well. I imagine the east would have to be fishing well because it's had a lot of water run down over over you know, the last two months. So I'm sure if you were, were willing to get in there, if you maybe you'd have to run down from the south out and run in from the mouth way to do it. But um, I reckon that would fish very very well as well. Yeah. And what about if people just wanting to get away, mate? And um, be it solo or with um, family, how's it fishing up on the Tiwis? Yeah, the Tiwis, <laughs> Tiwis are always the Tiwis. They're always fish as good out there. So um, basically I could say to anyone if they want to go for the Tiwi, do Aspley Strait or something, you'd have to stay in your boat. You can't go on land. But Aspley Strait to fish well on the deep tides, plenty of dewies and that. And then um, a lot of few, quite a few people fish that eastern side of the Tiwi Island as well. So they'll all fish well, I'd imagine. Yeah, we'd have to assume that because it's non-essential, the communities and actually going on land, even at any of those camps, even permitted, that's all off. Yep. Just common sense, mate. You, yep. you don't want to um, go spreading any anything like that over there in the communities like that. So, yeah, just common sense. But, yeah, if you wanted to go and have a fish up, have to be straight along the edge of the island somewhere. wouldn't be a drama. Just stay in your boat and fish and, yeah, it would all be good, I'd imagine. Good on you, mate. Best of luck over the coming weeks and months. We're thinking of you. You too, Tinny. Thanks, mate. And what a memento was has made for the Tinny too, Andy. I don't know if you've seen it yet, but he had this wood in his shed that he'd forgotten about. His dad had salvaged the timber from a church in Bathurst that was built in 1845. The timber itself is believed to be over 300 years old. It was from a church window. Yeah. And he's turned it into fishing lures. No way. Engraved on them tales from the tinny. So it's really a lure that would have received countless blessings, you know, having been bestowed upon it in this holy place. It's church wood. It is. So it's going in the foyer at Tinny HQ, if, if and when we ever get back there. A pulpit where sermons of wisdom and hope uh, can be spat from. Red, fast and free! Presenting the Tales from the Tinny Fish Measuring Sticker! Some say it's been scented with a barramundi pheromone. Some say it's scientifically proven in the effective removal of leg hair. Some say that these stats might be slightly exaggerated. Much like your fishing yards without a Tales from the Tinny Fish Measuring Sticker! Email fishing at abc.net.au or message the Tinny on Facebook to get yours. G'day Tinny folk, McGinlay here from New Zealand. Things have sort of gone awry. The wife Kelly is the new principal at the school at Nyu. Well that's a win. So she's been there since early January. It's great and awesome he says. Both. Both of those things. Of course it would be. That is. Especially for you. Absolutely. Who isn't the principal and doesn't have to go to school. And he's going to move to a place that houses an abundance of fish. It is great and also awesome. So we agree with that. What's not great and awesome is the next part of the story, and that is that it's pretty well stuffed for the next six months here. He's heading to Darwin on Friday. It looks like he's going to have to isolate for two weeks. That is the truth. You do. Uh, And he wants to know whether the tackle shops are still open. Yes, they're delivering. Yeah, They're They're both open and delivering. Absolutely. And we we haven't even seen that before. So welcome to Home Delivery Tackle. P.S. He says, Neville never made it. What? Yes. Better send that sticker to McGinley at Nyu. Cheers. He, he never made it to New Zealand. No. He put himself in quarantine months and months ago and just hit the Bundy. From Fiona and Adam. 
Hi, my name is Fiona. We, the crew, live in New South Wales. My fishing buddy, Adam Lightfoot, is the captain of the fishing vessel. We just got back from a trip to the Cape. While we were away, we accidentally discovered tales from the tinny. We've been listening ever since and telling other fishos. We fished at the Jardine River and both caught our first barramundi. We made it to the Cape. We'll be back up in two years to Darwin to try our hand at catching the almighty barramundi and hopefully tow the boat behind the troopie to improve our chances. All hail the Church of the Tinny. Well, thank you, Fiona. Did you want a sticker? She didn't ask, but I think it's implicit. That's the criteria, mate. Yep, sticker on the way. That popper that we had just got hammered. Absolutely magical session. Hooked up, cast after cast after cast after cast. The lures landed, twitch, twitch, twitch. Triple hook up. Tales from the Tinny. Hi, this is Charmaine Burton from Milner. Uh, Matt and I had left from Dundee and travelled down the coast heading towards Cape Ford. We had five days of getting away from all the madness of uh, what's going on in town. Um, 352 kilometres racked up and 177 litres of fuel used. You guys weren't mucking around. You really wanted to get away from everybody and do some fishing. We wanted to escape everything. Phones, um, mobile phones, everything. It was, um, yeah, it's a bit crazy in town. My heart goes out to everybody. <clears throat> wasn't corona, that's just a cough. Where did you go first? Uh, called into the Little Finness first, try to get the top of the high tide. Looking really good. The Little Finness is amazing. Uh, heaps of fresh water coming out, good colour change out the front. Uh, lots of fish showing up on the sounder. Um, lots of your blue salmon, your little threadies kicking around. The main finnis, the big finnis, absolutely sensational. It looks amazing. Uh, heaps of bait. Um, if you've got a day or two, get out on the water. The finnis is the place to go. Uh, Wednesday, we've snuck down towards uh, the Reynolds and Perrin Islands. Uh, we bunkered down one night there, headed up and towards around Palmerston Island, flicked all of those creeks in there, spent a night there, uh, and then continued around towards Cape Ford. Um, and there's about seven nice creeks there. The Heli Boys were um, at most of all of the creeks there, which was good. So it was good to see the tourism and people out there fishing. It was really, really great to see. That whole western area was amazing. We did the south and the east two weeks before that. The east alligator, we were 4K out the ocean and in the mouth. It was all fresh water. So it's all looking really, really good, even though it seems to be a bit mean, you know, in the Darwin area. Um, but no, I did, I did struck it lucky on one of the creeks. Um, so it was just as the sun was going down. Uh, Matt wanted to put the bimini up so we could set up the mosquito net because they're pretty gnarly down there. And I said, look, come on, just, uh, just one more cast. My arms aren't as strong as what they used to, so my casting ability is a lot less than what Maddie's is. So I said, come on, last cast. So... I've cast it in towards the bank and I hadn't even clicked my reel around and the noise of when a barra takes your lure off the water, it would have echoed. You would have heard it at Palmerston Island. It echoed. It was amazing. Um, enough to make even my hair standing up on my skin now. It's, it's a noise that you, even when you pop at night time and you get them buffing, it still gets the jeebies out of you. So, no, absolutely amazing. So this thing is shot around from the bank. It's got shot straight across the front of the boat. And it's like it's a centre consult with no bimimi up because I'm staggering around, trying to not trip over the freaking landing net. And Matt's yelling at me and it's like, oh, sh**. Anyway, so then it's come around back of the boat and around there. And then, oh, sh**. It's on a bloody stick to feel that slide of the line uh, around a snag. Oh, what do we do? What do we do? Do I keep it tonight? Do I let it go? 
And I just kept, kept it firm, firm. Matt just dropped the boat back about a metre on the, on the Minkota and then she come free. She's come up to the surface. Now every metre I've caught, now I've only got five, I've seen 16 caught. They've never been able to get wholly solely out of the water. They will come three, three quarters or they get that big bucket mouth and they come up and they will shake it from left to right and you'll see a lure either go one way and the fish go the other. But I stayed connected to this fish and at about five minute fight, six minute fight, I had her in the net and she went a 107. Woo! Oh my God, so I got goosebumps again. <laughs> You've had a couple of tough years fishing, Charmaine, so I, that must feel bloody good. Yeah, it certainly gets all my nerves all fired up and over. <laughs> I've seen some meteries coming out of um, Shady, and Shady are always a bit athletic. I think they have uh, a lot more sexy time. They don't worry about eating, they're more about getting laid. Um, but these Anson Bay, uh, well, this one was certainly, she's been on a good wicket. Still had the shakes on, so it was like I didn't know what to do. And I gave up smoking seven and a half weeks ago, so normally after a big fish, you'd go straight for the rum and coke and, and a durry, but no, I, um, I sat down and took it all in. And a few high fives and, uh, and hugs all around on the boat then? Yeah, high fives with elbows on the boat, it's amazing. <laughs> Um, but if you guys can get out, I know the coronavirus is probably putting a damper on a few people and the anxiety, yeah, everybody's feeling it. But if you guys can and if the government allows, just get out on the water, go and take five, reset, be calm. We'll get through this. Well, that's about it from the tinny, our first foray from home, which, as you've heard, has not been without its challenges. So thanks to all those who've been so patient. Warren DeWitt helping the community prepare for the zombie apocalypse. Uh, the Beard going totally stir-bat stupid crazy in isolation. To Haggis, Derek, Ray Goodman, Kai Hansen, who was prepared for this zombie apocalypse decades ago. Uh, Wazza Smith, thanks for the lures. Dog Shark, Charmaine Burton, uh, Megan Brown, the Bushchook, Lisa the Very, Very, Very Brave this week. And, of course, to ABC Tech's Hamish and Taz, who've been extraordinarily helpful. Absolutely. Thanks, fellas. Appreciated. Thanks to your crew as well, Tim. You know, starting with your dog, Boy, who pretty much sat next to me for the whole show, in fact, the whole week, and protected me in times of conflict. He's quite loyal. He's very loyal. To you. <laughs> He's to me now. <laughs> also loyal uh, is your partner. Thanks so much for feeding me. I am sorry about all the empty beer cans and pizza boxes that I've left lying around the place. It has been a stressful week, but you have left a mess. Well, I'll try next week just to ramp it up a tiny bit. I mean, bit. you've been having a go at me about my hygiene. Yeah, thank God we'll be on uni years. If this is the way you run your home. <laughs> your house next week. Oh, ooh. As, uh, yeah, moving right along. As much as to anyone is to Lucy Moore uh, and her overly enthusiastic contribution to home broadcasting. Um, Luce, apologies for the wee in your toy box. That was a little miscommunication between your dad and I. <laughs> From now on, let's just say that the third lime tree there on the right in your dad's <laughs> garden is going to produce some pretty good fruit in episodes to come. See you next week, and until then, get a homebound mullet fair. Oh, 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 oh up ya. Yeah.